Well, if we didn't have these candles here to count the weeks in Advent, and if I didn't have those countdown clocks to let me know that Christmas was coming, that we were moving forward and forward towards Christmas, if I didn't have all the anxiety that comes with the Christmas season, and is this done, and is this done, and all that, and all I had were the two gospel readings from this week, and then the one from last week, in which we first met John the Baptist, I might think we were taking a step back this week, not moving forward towards Christmas, but moving back. Last week, we heard about this character, the one and only John the Baptist, and we heard his preaching, which was fiery, repent. It was decisive. John told us what the Messiah was coming to do. He knew the Messiah was coming to chop away the branches that do not bear fruit. The axe, he said, is already lying at the root of the tree. And he said he was coming to burn the chaff. He was coming to lift up the good and burn the bad. And John was so sure in that great tradition of prophets. If you like decisive preaching, you have to like John the Baptist, right? He said it like it was, and he was sure. And that was last week. And then this week, we hear again from John the Baptist but he's less sure. This week, as we hear, we've kind of skipped way ahead in the book of Matthew, and we meet John the Baptist again, but this time he's in prison. And he's sending messages by his disciples, his own messengers, to go to Jesus, and he asks Jesus through the messengers, are you it? Are you the Messiah? Seems quite a bit different from last week where John knew exactly what he wanted to say. And in fact, we didn't read this part, but right after John's preaching, then Jesus comes to be baptized by John. John says, are you sure? I feel like I should be baptizing you. See, John seemed to know that Jesus was the Messiah, but now things sound a little bit different. Put yourself in John's shoes, John the Baptist, for just a moment, which means you have to put yourself in jail because that's where John was. And he is there in jail. And Matthew tells us that he is hearing about what Jesus has been doing. And we know from John's preaching what he expected of the Messiah. He expected the Messiah to come with that axe and with fire, right? To really take control of the situation. To be the Messiah in that line of kings descended from David, right? To be in charge, to take all this chaos, all this hurt and pain, and just pick it all up, make it all go away. To rule, to lead. That's, I think we can assume what John is expecting. That's certainly the way his preaching sounded. Repent, preparing the way for the Messiah who will come. And it must not be what Jesus was doing was what John expected, because when John hears about what Jesus has been doing, that's when he asks, are you the one who is to come? Are you it, Jesus? 
John is a prophet, so he can be very honest. He doesn't beat around the bush. He just asks, are you the one who is to come? I can relate to John's confusion or second-guessing. I can relate to maybe feelings of disappointment that he might be had. He had been preaching. People had been coming out from all over to hear his preaching, even though he was telling them to repent, repent. You might think people would be running from that message, but they were coming out. They were coming to be baptized by him. John knew that the Messiah was coming. Jesus seemed to affirm that. But here John is in prison, stuck, waiting, and he's hearing about Jesus, and Jesus is not taking control of the area. Jesus is not chopping things down with an axe or burning things. Jesus is not acting like a king in the line of David. And I can relate to John being disappointed and really hoping that Jesus would come and take control of this chaotic world. I mean, we live in a chaotic world. And I think we all get these kind of second-guess questions, right? I know I do when I look at things that are happening and think, well, somebody ought to do something about this. God, how can this keep happening? There are kids who go to bed at night hungry. That can't be right. There are schools being built with all bulletproof glass. That can't be right. And it keeps happening. So we ask, well, what's the deal with this? I know I, I think, well, Jesus, we say, is here among us already. The Messiah has come, but yet these terrible things keep happening. If I was as honest as John the Baptist, I would probably ask, Jesus, was this it? Were you the one to come? Because it doesn't always look like it. There's still a lot of chaos. People still get hurt. People still do incredibly cruel things to one another, even though the Messiah has come. So what's going on? I get John's disappointment, John's confusion, pain, doubt. But Jesus tells this messenger to go tell John, what do you see? What do you hear happening? It's not what you expected, maybe. It's not what John expected. But Jesus starts telling him what has been happening. The blind have been given sight. People have been healed. People who had disabilities were given new abilities. Good news was preached to the poor, to the people who needed to hear it. Jesus says, go tell John that these things are happening. It's a bunch of things, actually, that the prophet Isaiah talked about. When God comes, that there would be healing, that there would be good news for the poor. It would be like flowers blooming in the desert. Maybe not what John expected. Maybe John expected 
the Messiah to come and just take the whole desert away. But it's not what happens. But Jesus says, pay attention because flowers are blooming and people are being healed and words of forgiveness are being spoken. He says, go tell John that these things are happening. Now, Jesus knows it might be a hard sell. He even says, blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. He wouldn't say that if people already weren't taking offense at what he was saying. He knows that his message is not what the people expected. His message is not what we expect. At least I'll speak for myself. I expect God to come and fix things like with a magic eraser, just wipe everything bad away, give us a new thing. But Jesus works differently than that. Jesus starts healing people one at a time. And Jesus starts telling people that their sins are forgiven. And Jesus starts stepping into the chaos of the world, not pushing it all away, but entering into it and joining those who are in it. Those of us who are, feel like we're battered around sometimes by this piece of news and that piece of news and things you read in the newspapers and those late night phone calls you get about someone close to you who's suffering. Jesus doesn't wipe that stuff away, yet he enters into them and appears where we least expect him, which is in the middle of our chaos, in the middle of our pain. And there Jesus announces healing and forgiveness, like pointing out little flowers blooming in the desert. And Jesus starts working on us like from the inside out, renewing the kingdom, not by wiping it all away, but by healing us, transforming us from the inside out so that we can be freed, so that we can be forgiven to start making this world look more like Isaiah pictured it, with holy roads where people can walk down without fear, right? Where there are schools where children can go and not be afraid of violence where people who are hungry find food to eat, where kids who wouldn't have presents under their Christmas tree have gifts shared by others who can. This is the world that the Messiah is working on, starting in little places like flowers blooming in the desert. Jesus would tell us, just like he told John, Look, listen. The Messiah is coming to the places we least expect. Amen.